I listened to about 30 hours worth of podcasts of them mm -hmm. like recounting some of the stories and kind of shrunk that into a single article. Uh, we actually released the French version today. It's been translated into about 10 languages now, I think. Nice. Um, and so it, it, at this point, it, it's sort of a guide to uh, community adoption of Bitcoin mm -hmm. um, and has been helping um, people in different areas of the world as they're thinking about how do I replicate what Bitcoin Beach is doing? Um, how do I do that? And, and so that's been um, that's been great. I live unbanked off of cryptocurrency, and I use BitRefill extensively because it lets me pay with crypto at places that don't yet accept it directly. This one service, more than any other, helps me live on crypto, pay your prepaid phone bill, or buy gift cards to thousands of major retailers around the world, all with cryptocurrency, including for exact amounts so you don't have to buy more gift credit than you need for a specific purchase. You can use BitRefill without an account, but if you get an account, you can earn rewards points, which translate to savings, and you can also hold a balance denominated in dollars or euros to protect yourself against market crashes. Go to bitrefill.com, click Create Account, and enter the referral code DCN, or follow the link in the description. Hey everyone, I have the fantastic uh, pleasure of speaking with the one and only Andrew Begin today. How's it going, man? It's going well. Thank you for having me. So why don't you quickly start out with just uh, explaining like your roots in crypto, who you are, what do you do, where do you where do you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I I have a similar maybe Bitcoin origin story to uh, to many, which is that you know it passed me by in very early days. I had a boss who bought some in 2011 mm -hmm. or so, and it was too technical for me and kind of flew right by me. Um, you know, I historically have worked in digital marketing experience strategy uh, mm -hmm. worlds. Um, and, you know, I think really uh, had a, a, a that this, this existential um, sort of problem with the, 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 the current system of uh, that we live in. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, despite building great digital products, and, um, you know, you're always thinking about um, how the system is, is, you know, not really uh, supporting, you know, inclusion, privacy, um, and, and really not really incentivizing the right things. And so when I sort of came back around to Bitcoin again, and this was, uh, you know, only say, say two and some uh, years ago now, um, it clicked immediately. Um, you know, I started thinking about, um, you know, the potential impact of, you know, a, a truly decentralized, uh, you know, money and, and, and natively uh, or internet native uh, digital money and, and what that really means. Um, and so, you know, I fell into the Bitcoin rabbit hole very quickly and, and very hard mm -hmm. and consumed really, uh, you know, everything I could. Um, fast forward to, um, you know, coming up on about a year ago and, um, uh, you know, really was, uh, you know, Jack, seeing Jack Dorsey, who's somebody who I believed sort of followed along in the in the traditional kind of uh, fiat world and, and his, you know, Twitter and, and Square and, and everything else um, really pushing toward like, you know, Bitcoin being the, he, you know, he said at Bitcoin conference, you know, uh, this is the most important thing uh, that I believe is, you know, we can work on in my time. Um, I, I uh, that really, you know, pushed me to say, and he, he launched a, um, a hardware wallet uh, project that same day as well. 
really pushed me to say, you know what, it's time for me to leave the, uh, the old world behind and, uh, and start working on Bitcoin myself. And so that's what led me to Galloway. Um, and so, uh, you know, really excited to be working at Galloway and I can um, give a, a brief, uh, you know, overview of that as well, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's, a. am sure a lot of people are starting to fall deep in the rabbit hole and it is one of those kinds of things. It's almost like, you know, the internet, when people realize there's something like the internet out there and it starts from like, well, I guess I'm sending emails instead of like snail mails. But when you get it, just like, man, this is, this is everything is different. Right. And there's some of that magic to the internet right now. Like for example, as I like to say, you and I right now are basically having a telepathic conversation that, you know, people all around the world can kind of tune into, especially when it's live, which is one isn't. But like when you do live shows, it's really, you know, it's something next level that I, I don't think a lot of people really got, but people tend to get that. And so when you, you get this, that someone like Jack Dorsey, who came out with one of the social media pioneers, which, you know, right. doesn't seem to I mean the other pioneers seem to be losing steam, whereas Twitter seems to be in his heyday right now. Uh, you kind of see that like he did that, but he doesn't see that as the biggest thing kind of caused you to move over. And so where did you go right from there? Did you go right from just rabbit holing to Galoy or did you go anywhere before then? And also is Galoy something that you founded or just started to work for? Um, so right to Galoy and we, um, uh, I did not found it. I joined, um, eight months ago or so, um, the team is a quick background. So, um, Galloway built the Bitcoin beach wallet, which many of your mm -hmm. listeners may be aware of. Um, and so, you know, Bitcoin beach in El Zante started using Bitcoin in say 2019, um, in 2020, uh, our founder, um, you know, Nicholas Berte, uh, traveled down there and said, you know, I can, I can kind of help, um, you know, with this project of, this experiment at the time of can we use Bitcoin as, uh, you know, to create a circular economy. Um, and that spawned into the Bitcoin Beach wallet, um, which is built on top of the open source Galloway Bitcoin banking platform. Um, and that's really what um, what we do. So I, I joined in, uh, you know, again, eight months ago or so in a marketing capacity. We're a small team, about 16 mm -hmm. or so. And so, you know, we all we all do wear many hats. Um, but they all uh, say but, Galloway but on them. <laughs> they all say Galloway on them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it's been really exciting, you know, taking this from, you know, what was a pilot project pre Bitcoin law in El Salvador to, you know, the spotlight being shined on El Salvador and, and really, um, taking, you know, what Galloway is doing underneath the Bitcoin beach wallet and, and building that out so that other community, and again, it's open source, so other communities or companies or governments can really replicate that and launch their own wallet and get their communities using Bitcoin over lightning um, to build their own circular economies. And so, um, you know, that's been an exciting uh, eight or eight months or so. Yeah. So to, to recap the whole thing, I mean, uh, I think the average person, the average crypto person has probably heard of there was this Bitcoin beach thing where people started using Bitcoin specifically through lightning, but yeah, Bitcoin, uh, in a certain beach in El Salvador. Right. And then that kind of was a proof of concept that 
was instructive in the adoption on a much wider capacity of the uh, currency in the country. Now, as far as the Bitcoin Beach wallet, and what exactly does that entail? How is it different from just a regular Bitcoin or Lightning wallet? And like, why why was there a specific wallet involved? Sure. Um, so the when the project so Bitcoin Beach is launched uh, out of a what was already a community initiative out of a you know a, a organization or a, a place called Hope House. Mm-hmm. Um, where there were people, um, you know, their goal was to keep kids out of gangs, um, you know, provide, you know, when you listen to Chimbera and Jorge um, speak about some of the origins of Bitcoin Beach and the and Hope House, um, you know, they speak about dreams and hope, um, right? They don't talk about hard money, right? Um, they, yeah, <laughs> they're talking about like solving real problems in their community. Um, and, and, you know, turning El Zante itself in a community where people don't feel like they have to leave, right, which is really um, what was happening in the past. And so um, just as a quick recap, there was a, a donation of Bitcoin in uh, 2019. And the, the donor was saying, you know, the, 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 one, the one string attached is like, you know, I want to see Bitcoin be used. I want to see if it can be used as, uh, as money. Um, and so they started off uh, actually using on-chain uh, Bitcoin. And, you know, as, as you know, and many of your listeners will know, that's, you know, in terms of waiting for blocks and, you know, it's, it's a little bit slow. The fees can, can flux quite a bit. And so using Bitcoin on chain to buy a 50 cent uh, pupusa is not um, exactly uh, going to get people off of using physical cash. It's not easier. It's not quicker. Um, and then um, they started using, um, you know, some other other lightning wallets and what they what Nicholas and Mike uh, talked about in, in, in early days and in, in building the Bitcoin Beach wallet is really circularity in the economy requires the merchant uh, side as well as the, the person, um, you know, spending Bitcoin. And so um, in developing the Bitcoin Beach wallet uh, on on the ground in El Salvador, there were a lot of. Um, uh, interactions designed that helped with that circularity. And so on the merchant and making it extremely easy to, uh, to receive sats uh, for their goods and services. Um, you know, one example uh, of this is uh, a lot of the early merchants uh, accepting Bitcoin were say a restaurant or a small, you know, um, you know, pupuseria or something like this um, where, um, to when somebody's paying, they you know the person is making food. They've got to stop, wash their hands, go over, create a lightning invoice, show them, show the phone, etc. Um, and so you know the the uh, early days of designing the wallet were like, how do we make this easy? There were no, there was no LN URL which would yeah. uh, or a static QR code, right? And so we designed some solutions for that and um, printed QR codes that made it easy. And so some of these sort of uh, to circle back to your question about why a wallet, it was really about designing within the context of a community trying to use Bitcoin as money over the Lightning Network. Um, and so that was really, there's a lot of insight. We actually published a, um, an article called uh, Bitcoin Banking for Communities that goes through six lessons that we learned that Nicholas and Mike Peterson learned um, in building the Bitcoin Beach wallet. Um, and, uh, you know, 
I, again, I joined the company a little bit after, but I listened to about 30 hours worth of podcasts of them, mm -hmm. like recounting some of the stories and kind of shrunk that into a single article. Uh, we actually released the French version today. It's been translated into about 10 languages now, I think. Nice. Um, and so it, it, at this point, it, it's sort of a guide to uh, community adoption of Bitcoin mm -hmm. um, and has been helping um, people in different areas of the world as they're thinking about how do I replicate what Bitcoin Beach is doing? Um, how do I do that? And, and so that's been um, that's been great. Yeah, that's the thing that I think is lost on a lot of people is people don't understand the jump between any crypto to finally using it. Like there's a, so many steps in between that whole thing. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people experience that in just having like PayPal like at it. And so they just keep using the same app as they were before for other payments. And now they just use a different thing, which ultimately is how a lot of adoptions, unfortunately going to go. But like, I mean, I've been buying things with Bitcoin since 2013, since like early mid 2013 on. And from that to other coins, to everything, just the interoperability problems and just like, Oh, this did this go through? I don't know. Did it go through? And this doesn't scan this QR code for all. Just all like the, the the crap in between makes it just really hard. And not to mention, where do you spend it? How do you know where you can actually do it? Do you have to like look for a sticker? Like, is there a map somewhere? Does anyone update the map? And just like all this kind of stuff, and just crunching through that to make a standardized thing is kind of the the crypto adoption struggle. And I think that's a smart way of doing things is to try to provide a unified exist, like a unified experience for a small controlled area where people are likely to create this sort of circular economy. Yeah. And um, you know, you mentioned where to spend. So one of the, the, the Bitcoin beach wallet has four tabs along the bottom. Mm -hmm. There's kind of your home screen, which is where you can send and receive, right. And um, see your balance. Um, there's contacts, so people who you pay regularly. This is a common, you know, type of thing in, say, a PayPal or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a Maps tab, and so <laughs> they, they're, uh, you, you'll go and, and you can actually look. And there's there's pins popping up all around the world. There's communities using the Bitcoin Beach Wallet in Peru and, and Guatemala, um, but this really helped. Uh, you can not only can you find the vendors where you could spend Sats. Um, but you can uh, pay them from that map as well. You can say, okay, pay this vendor. And so again, it's like removing some of the friction from the vendors or the merchant perspective of like, oh yeah, just like click on us on the map and you can pay us. Um, which there's something, you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, the, the core banking platform that, that we built, that Bitcoin Beach Wallet is built on, it's not just a wallet. Um, there's, you know, modules, uh, you know, there's things for accounting, um, the backend API, you know, the, the wallet, right? The mobile wallet is one piece of the platform. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of Bitcoin Jungle um, in no, Costa Rica. And so this is a team in Costa Rica who, um, you know, they, they came up to Nicholas in, uh, I, I think, at the Adopting Bitcoin conference in El Salvador. And they said, hey, we're we're going to launch. We're going to we, we've worked the code. We're going to launch a, uh, a wallet. And, and Nicholas at the time, um, it was still, I think, early where Nicholas was like, OK, you know, we'll see. And, and was, you mm -hmm. know, next thing you know, um, they've launched the Bitcoin jungle wallet. They've been onboarding merchants for the past three or four months. 
Um, we wow. just had a project call yesterday where they're designing a Mercado feature, a marketplace, um, which is both for a map for vendors. To, um, there's potential uh, uh, for uh, people who need, want to sell things to use this marketplace and, um, you know, with aspirations of contributing that back to the open source platform. And so we're starting to see like, um, you know, that, that the, the flywheel of people starting to get engaged and, and develop on, um, on the platform and really excited about the potential of really um, having communities anywhere in the world be able to do a sim to replicate this in a similar way and, and uh, customize it to the context that they that their communities have and then and then contribute back to the, the platform as they see fit. Yeah. So what what are the extent of the features possible by the platform? So I mean, obviously, you can build out have a a merchant app, have a, a user wallet, have like a a directory of merchants, and like what else? What else can you build in there? I mean, uh, the, 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 it's really, I mean, it really, it's up to the imagination, I think, as you know, as you, when you think about, you know, we have an, an API, uh, it's available, people can um, really uh, build integrations um, into other apps and services, or build um, apps, you know, that would, that would, you know, get, make their way upstream into the wallet, right? So the Mercado yeah. feature, as an example, is one of the latter, um, a, a, um, something that may make its way into the mobile wallet itself. Um, we have a web wallet, um, which will, you know, enable people to get up to speed fast without the, um, you know, the need for getting into at your app stores and, and some of the things mm -hmm. that that entails. And, and um, there's a, uh, we're starting to see some of the integrations uh, come, uh, come, come online and, and things getting interesting. So there's a, a browser extension called Albi. Um, and you can, uh, you can spend, uh, it's kind of like if you know some of these discount or like coupon browser extensions that recognize you're on a site and it's like, oh, we have coupons for you. It can actually recognize a lightning, uh, address, uh, in your browser and you can just, um, you can just send sats right out of the browser and, you know, you can think about how this starts to, um, really enable that concept that people talk about with the lightning network, which is streaming sats or like paying a few sats to read an article for, and kind of breaking down that old, uh, you know, the old subscription model of spending 20 bucks, <laughs> you know, to try and read an article yeah. on a site that you never come back to. Um, another thing that I think is really interesting um, that we're testing and, and, you know, working towards a launch of is, um, a you know the ability to hold and send USD over the Lightning mm -hmm. Network without a stable coin, um, and so um, using derivative contracts, essentially we're going to be, uh, enable people that use the the Galway Wallet or Bitcoin mm -hmm. Beach or, or Bitcoin you know any of the, these wallets um, to send money from their sort of their Sats. They're holding money in Sats in their wallet today to say mm, you know what I have two hundred dollars worth of Sats. Um, but, and I have rent coming up or I have to buy something for my store. And I, and if the, if the price of Bitcoin were to, were to fall, I wouldn't be able to beat my financial obligation. Um, so they can transfer money into dollars, um, and hold that in dollars versus sats. And so they can protect themselves from volatility, uh, within the app. Right. Which is, hmm. which is interesting, really big because, uh, you know, when you see these communities adopting Bitcoin, one big thing that is necessary is like a Bitcoin ATM, right? To kind of make the connection that like, okay, I have this digital thing in my wallet and I can 
go to an ATM and I can get my the, the physical cash that I'm used to holding out of it. Yeah, um, as as well as um, uh, re- removing themselves from the volatility, right? Until they're either you know, the, the, until they learn s- about the volatility and how you know o- over time it's it, you know trending upwards. Um, I think that in these communities, uh, it's interesting because folks like yourself, like myself, many of the people who are developing in Bitcoin and Lightning um, are. Uh, we came to it via some of the interesting principles, via hard money, via privacy, mm-hmm. via permissionlessness. And we then are like, wow, this is amazing as a payments network. Whereas in a community like El Sante, uh, 70% unbanked, I believe uh, yeah. they were. And so they were using physical cash. This actually enabled them to use digital transaction for the first time. So like when you're going into communities like this, you, you can't go in preaching the, the, you know, preaching sound money, right? This is not, so this is not the way. And one of the lessons that we learned is it's more about saying, Hey, get this wallet and I'm going to send you, you know, 10 cents worth of Satoshis. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're going to, you're going to send me five cents back and, and it, having them experience it versus like internalize all of the, the um, you know, the, the merits of, uh, of the network. And so, um, in that way, um, when it's volatile, they don't necessarily understand why yet, right? Um, and so, providing that stability within their wallet, uh, you know, I just think it's going to unlock, um, well, let's say, reduce a lot of concern and friction um, that that currently requires a little bit of uh, effort today. Um, so, like for instance, in in Bitcoin Jungle, um, they launched their wallet at these ferias, which are uh, farmers markets. Um, and they offered to cash merchants out at the end of each week. Um, yeah. And so for the first few, for the first like week or two, they said, you know, maybe 60 or 70% of merchants were coming to cash out uh, into Colonis, um, to cash their sats out that they earned. Um, and week after week, that number dropped and dropped and dropped. And now merchants are saying, "Never mind, I'm good. I'm going to hold my sats that I that I earned at the at the market." So it's yeah. it's really interesting to see how quickly you know Bitcoin Beach took a you know couple years long of of a project, and you're seeing sort of that again that flywheel start to pick up and adoption, people learning from each other and accelerating each other's efforts. Yeah, that's all. That's been all interesting to see how the the space has sort of grown. I think we're kind of in what I would call the golden era of stable coins right now where we're starting. And I think it's like the last hurrah kind of that because before it was just like volatility was a big problem that didn't have a solution. Now there's so many stable coin type options, so many USD denominated type options out there. They're starting to come into their own right at the time when it's becoming the least attractive of all to hold anything denominated in a fiat currency because of the inflation stuff. Like I got into this space to get out of that world. And at the same time, you don't really, you can't deny reality of like, Oh, you know, I got some Bitcoin, like 11, like I got some, it's like $130 worth now. And now it's like 1100. That's great, but then it crashes all the way down to 198 or whatever it was at the bottom of that 2015 kind of bear market. Or like you, you do see that that loses a lot of value during that period of time. But now that I'm starting to see prices bend before my eyes, like my $16 haircut at the beginning of 2020 was 18 by the end of the year, and now is 22. And you're starting to see that kind of stuff happen. Um, 
it's starting to become kind of like a, the Venezuelan experience. And uh, one of my friends, Lorenzo, who was who's, in, who's from Venezuela, he lives in El Salvador now, working on the, the crypto scene over there. Just like the perspective of the money is always sort of tanking, whereas crypto tanks, but then it goes up, <laughs> you know? And it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when um, people don't want that kind of dollar value anymore. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's also, again, like the context of different viewpoints or countries, right? Mm -hmm. Like each, each context is different with, you know, we're seeing uh, the African Central African Republic, uh, right. Um, And and they're using a CFA uh, Mm -hmm. currency. Uh, El Salvador was interesting, right? Because they're using the dollar. Um, And even there, one of the stories that that really grabbed me was uh, uh, the concept of saving in many areas of the world, especially areas without you know bank accounts, is is uh, is is a little bit foreign, or it's just not um, possible to be to be. You know, you, you don't want to hold dollars, right? And you actually don't have a bank account. And so, one of the stories was that uh, in El Salvador uh, or El Zante. Um, people would buy cinder blocks because like, if they're like, okay, I'm, I want to add on to my, my home. Um, I know mm. that the price of cinder blocks only goes up over time. And so if I buy them because I have an extra $20, um, like that's going to be, that's an asset that I can hold. That's, that's harder than the dollar. Right. And, yeah. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I think with now and, and what we saw with, or what we're seeing and saw with Alzante and we're seeing elsewhere is, um, you know, b- businesses and people that want to earn sats and um, and and hold sats are are seeing that over time um, that increase. And this is an asset, right? Like they don't they didn't previously have access to assets, right? Like other, you know, in many areas of the world, it's like you buy a house and um, you buy stocks and you've got four hundred one ks and there's all of these things that people use to store value over time that that are are until now have not been accessible to people and. Uh, to billions of people around the world. And so it's just really exciting. And, uh, you know, with the USD wallet inside of a lightning wallet now, um, you're allowing uh, uh, my my partner uh, at, uh, at Galloway, uh, you know, one of my colleagues has a great analogy, which is like, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a room that you can come back to, right? Like, you know, where, where you're used to it, right? Like I'm holding yeah. dollars and I know it's like, it's it's leaking and and melting over time but but it's comfortable um i like it like it's it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. something i know and so um you can really decide uh, how much of that uh of how much of the volatility you're willing to be exposed to um as you learn about again the properties of bitcoin and like how it um um uh, uh you know why it's volatile and 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 you know how how it really evolves over time so uh, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. We're we're excited to get back into market. Yeah, and it's also uh, kind of the where we've been as far as the size and scope of things. Like back in the early days of Bitcoin, like the number of users, the number of transactions on the network, like the number of people, like it was just so small, which makes it easier to do you know ups and downs and stuff of value. Whereas like I think a lot of people this last bull cycle. We're really under they're overestimating how high Bitcoin would go there, 
because they just thought like, oh, in the past it's gone, you know, through the moon. But like now it's it's becoming larger and more stable finally. And even outside of the Bitcoin world, the number of like the the market capitalizations of most of the top coins are kind of where Bitcoin was at not too long ago. And so even the the new entrants, they're just like new and they can just come in and get a bunch of value. They're kind of in that like slow and immovable sort of zone compared to, you know, the volatility of the past. And so also I think what we've seen with the dollar, like the dollar is finally volatile, you know, like it was always losing value, but it was, you couldn't see it really. You have to get up really high to see it. But now it's like people are seeing in it, like every few months, there's a change in prices, not just gas went up. Gas has always gone up, but they're seeing everything went up and then everything went up again and the dollar is the best fiat currency, kind of. Sure. You know, that's the top of the pack. But right. what happens, what about down the pack? Like, what are people seeing there? And so yeah. I can't even imagine, I, like, the instructiveness of hold crypto, you know, of, like, why don't you have a few thousand sats and just keep it like that and see what happens versus your other money. I think the instructiveness in, you know, de- the developing world is starting to become really clear like the message sinks in a lot faster yeah i mean you know it's interesting in the states because i think for a while um uh you know or maybe i'll invert that like i think there are places in the world where people get bitcoin immediately like Mm. on a conception they like they're like absolutely right like yeah there's there's uh, there's independence, there's autonomy associated to it. There's, there's privacy from whatever version of government you have. There's, um, uh, you know, there is this, this, uh, 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 you know, there is a fixed supply, right? There, there's protection from, from inflation and, um, and, and the other, and also there's connectivity, right. To the world. Right. Um, and so like the, it, it, it solves many problems, uh, that people have all over the world. Um, but one of the things that I talk to, you know, some friends about sometimes is like Bitcoin solves problems that a lot of people in the use in the States don't have yet, uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or don't see to your point, right. You zoom out far enough and you, like we, we have those problems and, and it's, you know, it's been, a, um, you know, one of the books that, that, uh, you know, really struck a chord with me, uh, it, it was, uh, the price of tomorrow by Jeff Booth. Uh, where he really builds these shows like, you know, the idea of like technology is deflationary yet we were built on a system that requires inflation. Right. And these two things are pulling at each other and there's, you know, there's only a matter of time that 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 has to, um, that has to change. And and so I think that like uh, to your point in the States, people are starting to go, you know what, wait a minute. Um, The other thing is uh, like, is lightning, right? Um, mm. Like, you know, I was at down in Miami for the conference a couple of weeks ago, and you see, um, you know, Robinhood, you know, integrating the lightning network, you see, um, you know, Cash App is, you know, already implemented lightning, and they're continuing down the path. Um, and, and you really start to see um, how the, uh, the frictionless use case, like, like, the world could almost be flipped onto using lightning or using like lightning rails to send value by, um, by square enabling, you know, lightning invoices on their, on their payment terminals, right. For, for millions of merchants around the world. And so, 
Um, that was something that actually our uh, our founder wrote about sort of early on in, in Galloway's days was like Lightning as a retail payment system, um, which really, uh, you know, brings this idea that, uh, uh, you know, people compare like, okay, uh, Bitcoin, you don't compare Bitcoin to Visa, right? You compare Bitcoin to Fedwire um, yeah. and the Lightning Network is the one that can disrupt Visa. And I, and I think that now you're seeing Fidelity, uh, Credit Suisse, Zolt, you know, you're seeing all like the biggest companies in the world go, uh, you know what? Actually, that's the truth. I mean, like, uh, you know, you can save 10x on fees at, at least. Um, and, and from a merchant perspective, like getting that, getting a couple percent back on transactions, like that solves a real problem people have that they didn't know they could solve. Right. And so um, I, I think it's a really interesting time for uh, the US or other, um, you know, countries with the more stable currencies where people are starting to see, uh, you know, how much uh the problems are starting to be exposed right and the water line is starting to, to drop and they're starting to go you know what there's there's better alternatives yeah it's kind of funny to see because um still the average person in the u.s who uses crypto they probably use it through something like let's say a crypto.com debit card that they have their crypto they swipe it and they get like a few percent back or whatever because it's a rewards thing and which just got slashed in half but whatever um <laughs> that's kind of the most people's exposure to that. And I think that the amount of money being left on the table by using these antiquated processors, the amount of like friction left on the table isn't nearly as much because it's just what the world's on today. And it's just like, Oh yeah, put your crypto into the old system. But then as soon as people start doing the new system, all of a sudden it's like, is a merchant going to really care to go through a bunch of, you know, nonsense they can take this weird digital payment they don't really know and then okay they save a few cents on this transaction but then else other friction maybe not but if they can start seeing like hundreds of dollars of fees piling up over like the course of a year and just they get to cut that out and also they get to have more customers you know go pay them more international customers or those people have more money to spend because they're not spending they're not just living on fiat and just losing a giant chunk to inflation. That's when the stuff starts to, that's where the more, uh, it's, it's kind of a more background process, probably developed countries, right? Whereas developing countries, they just don't have the infrastructure period. And then they can just bootstrap into a top of the line infrastructure because it, that's what crypto is. You don't need to like land in the country. You just start connecting your nodes and you're, you're there. Whereas in the, the developed world, it's a lot more of a, got to start seeing behind the scenes if you you re-engineer the infrastructure of the payments world then all of a sudden you start seeing this giant like cost savings thing just you know right there for the taking yeah i mean yeah in the developing world or the areas of the world that are less uh connected to the financial system or, or rather the areas that are higher dependent on uh remittances for instance um, you see that, right? And so El Salvador was one, um, right? I think it was $400 million they could save on fees from, you know, companies that, you know, were, were taking, you know, eight, 10, like, depending on how much you're sending, like you can't, you in the, in the past, you couldn't send a small amount of money to somebody in El Salvador to help them, you know, buy something, right? Uh, um, it, it, without getting, you know, paying crazy fees. Um, I think they, they were set to save $400 million, 
Tonga, uh, I think 38% of their GDP is in remittances, um, right? That's a small island nation. Um, and um, like when you cut those fees out, and so Lord Fisatua is, you know, former member of uh, parliament there. And the way he kind of explains it is like, when you're taking folks who are already, uh, you know, either living paycheck to paycheck or, or you know, uh, um, don't, don't have savings and you're cutting the fees out of that, like, A, they can increase their standard of living and B, they can start to think about, wait a minute, I lived on that amount before. Well, what if I started to stash some sats right <laughs> into the into the future? Um, so that's just crazy. And then, yeah, in the, in the, in the States and, and everywhere else that is well connected when you start to see like, wait, this is a peer to peer, like this, this could be a peer to peer payment and I don't need it to go to take the time and the money to go through multiple different parties of uh, exchange to settle, right? Like it can mm-hmm. settle now and it can settle, uh, for, for almost free. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, I think that for people that are in this space, like reloading Twitter every, you know, 30 minutes or 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. It it feels like these things, uh, you know, we're waiting for the, 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 you know, the next country or the next company. Um, But if you, if we start to zoom out, this is happening so incredibly fast um, right now, right? In the past like year has just been crazy um, in terms of uh, adoption. And I think that, um, you know, with El Salvador was just like, I think launched an explosion of interest um and uh and and study right and countries are figuring out what to do that that fits within their own context and and structure right with panama um uh you know panama you've got uh, madera and prospera two areas that are you know that are looking to um adopt bitcoin and and um uh, enable it in 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 the ways that work within their constitution and their and their governments, right? And so that, that I think that is what we're seeing is is people trying to to navigate. I think people's uh, many people are starting to see the value of not only um, adopting sort of a Bitcoin standard, but of um, of uh, being early, like right? Like you're seeing, like like you know, your the uh, asymmetric advantage of of being on the innovators end of um, of the the chasm, and uh, so uh, you know, it's really uh, it's really an exciting thing to watch. And and I think that like um, you know, for companies like us, like we're you know, we're just trying to uh, be as as sort of connected. And, and helpful as possible because the, the the biggest thing that is lacking or that maybe the biggest challenge is education, right? Um, because, uh, you know, moving, like moving from the fiat world uh, <laughs> into, you know, a peer-to-peer permissionless global network of, you know, Bitcoin is like, um, it's hard to overstate how big of a change that is. And you think about things like self-custody and, and um, to your point earlier, interoperability is still a challenge. Um, you know, as countries decide to say, yo, we're going to adopt Bitcoin. Like there's a lot of, um, there's so much work to do after that, right? Yeah, like that's when the work begins. And so you're seeing like El Salvador has a great program called Me Premier Bitcoin, my first Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, they have like, classes and, and, and certificates and, and, you know, real curriculum, um, right. Mm-hmm. Which is so important, um, because 
um, if you go if you go down, um, we did, we had a Twitter space about this as well with somebody who lived on Bitcoin for like I think forty days or two months or something like only Bitcoin. Um, and what you end up seeing is if you're in a if you're in a store, you end up having to show the merchant how to use their Chivo wallet to generate a Lightning invoice to be able to pay that merchant, right? And so yeah. um, the 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 onboarding. And the education um, is is the need for it is massive, and and it's I think it's going to be like that for a long time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I ha- haven't been paid in fiat since 2015, and just the years of going through that, a lot of it's made me kind of I never was interested in the payment space at all, like at all, and now just I kind of have to by by default of living this way, where. It's pretty uh, pretty often that I when I try to go pay in crypto somewhere locally, uh, well these days it becomes a lot more it's a lot smoother. But there are some times when I had to say like, no 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 call the owner you do take this stuff. It's this app see right here do this ring it up like this and then show them how to do it and just you know it's a lot easier if the owner is there because you can they can kind of take they have the power to take your word for it. Whereas like the regular employee gets scared that they're doing something wrong. But it is it is like a massive uh, change from you know, and part of the thing is uh, the card world is like so kind of sketchy. It's like it all like goes through or doesn't go through, and it doesn't tell you why for a million different reasons. Like the merchant knows that. Um, on the other side, I've, I've been helping some uh, local like crypto startup try to figure out how to do like a uh, crypto card. And then just going with the error codes that they get. And I'm just like, wow, if I try to send any crypto anywhere, I can figure out pretty quickly what happened. Did it send? Go straight to a block explorer. Is it there? And if it didn't send or if it's not confirmed, like you just know it all. Whereas a card will just decline and you have no idea why. The the issuer might. They'll sell like, oh, well, this is, it got rejected because this was like a, under whatever the hell, whatever it is. But like, you're just kind of left out in the dark. And um, I have to say, I don't, I like not living with that anxiety of, you just don't know if your payment's going to go through kind of thing where, or you just don't know if there's going to be a charge on it. The big one is just the, you know, the money that you don't need permission to use, which is, it sounds like it's like a buzzword, like that we say, but it's true because I do remember, you know, living on modest means with a bank account, how you never know what you're going to find when you open up your banking app. You never know how much money is going to be in there for sure, because someone could hit you with the charge. You don't know, like, whereas with your crypto wallet, you got like, if you got like one Bitcoin, if you don't get hacked, you still have that until you push some out. You know, you do. No one can just have access to just take some out whenever you want and it's a big like lifestyle change that when people start to do to deal with um it's a it's scary to deal with like financial self-sovereignty because that means you're responsible for everything but at a certain extent it's liberating like if i could go back to being mr bank living on fiat and stuff i would i think i'd hate it (laughs) to be honest i wouldn't be able to go back yeah it's, I mean, it's kind of like where we started this conversation of mm-hmm. like, well, once you see it, it's hard to unsee. 
um, once you, you know, have a new and a better way, you know, the, um, the tagline that they have kind of print on their swag and stuff down in Bitcoin beach is el futuro está aquí, right? Like the future is here. And, and, uh, um, when I visited, have you been? No, unfortunately, um, I'm gonna have to travel next year or so probably. Yeah. Um, when I was down there, um, I was, I, it, it really was something amazing, right? Like I, uh, you know, I haven't, I mean, you yourself, you know, mm-hmm. I think are, you know, spending uh, more, um, locally in the States and, and, and stuff like that for me. Um, you know, there was a, um, a street band playing with a QR code ta- taped to the keyboard. And I, as I'm walking by, I just scan hit send and i'm like that actually is faster than any other payment actually pierre rochard from um uh kraken was just on uh, i think stefan levera the other day and saying you know the lightning network like there is no faster way to pay between you know a lightning network uh, you know uh payment between two nodes right like uh and and like I, when people experience it it, it's magic. And like the, the cool thing is it, it's that way, whether you're in person or whether you're sending value over the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And I think that I actually was mentioning this the other day because I've been trying out some services that, um, you know, use sats online. So stacker news is a, is like a news uh, aggregator for lightning uh, news. Uh, Vita is a, is a app that you can, um, you can require people to pay you small, whatever you say uh, for, to send you a message to kind of fix the spam issue. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, we end or video call you and you can set your own limit. Um, and uh, the experience of paying like small fractions of a dollar instantly um, mm-hmm. is something that like, once you experience it, like I, I could just see like that being uh, like a killer app or use case for that, that, that just feels like this is the way it always should have been. Right. Yeah. Like right now, the pay- paying for stuff online is so clunky and so slow and so right. Like it's just not great. It doesn't feel like it's native to the Internet. Um, but these services like that and like I mentioned, Albi with the sort of the, the browser plugin where you can just flip like 20 sats towards somebody to, you know, um, I think that's just magic. Um, and, and like I don't want to I don't want to be connected to the, the fiat banking system longer, you know, really any longer. And like I said, with Brian uh, Harrington, converse, conversations with him, um, you know, I think he's doing a lot for people to think about that um, and yeah. to continue the uh, the shift away from, you know, believing they need to rely on the banking system and to, you know what, you can live on sats. Yeah. Well, this has been quite the fascinating conversation. Where can people find more about uh, what you do and everything? Yeah. Um, so again, Galloway is open source Bitcoin banking software. And so you can find us on GitHub at Galloway Money. The spelling is there. I don't know if it's going to mm-hmm. show up the right way. Uh, yeah, we're also be. on Twitter at Galloway Money. Uh, the website is uh, galloway.io. Um, at personally ag begin on almost every platform so you know happy for folks to reach out um and uh um yeah uh, also adopting bitcoin is a is a um a lightning summit that we held for, in el salvador for the first time last year uh and we're going to be holding it again this november so the uh, announcement is going to come out so that's at adopting btc on twitter um and so stay tuned there it's going to be an awesome conference especially for people that want to uh go somewhere and just experience like 
a place in the world where where Bitcoin is legal and they can just pay for lightning, uh, you know, buy buy a coffee with with lightning for whatever. Yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, well, thanks for being on and yeah, I hope you have a good one. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.